I'm Lisa Hyde, and welcome to the Confidence Crown Podcast. I believe one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is freedom. It all starts with your journey into self-belief and creating the confidence to live your life with abundance. Ladies, it's time to earn and own your crown and be the yes queen you are destined to be. Together, let's make it rain. Well, welcome back, ladies. Today, we have an amazing guest with us. Her name is Jessie Beyer, and she is a speaker, mental health advocate, and the author of a brand new book that hasn't launched yet, but you're going to have plenty of time to get it, called How to Heal, a Practical Guide to Nine Natural Therapies You Can Use to Release Your Trauma. Wow. She helps millennial women feel valid, heard, and appreciated in their mental health struggles and design a life that they love waking up to. Oh, Jesse, I want you to talk more about your world because I love what you're doing here and how you're helping women across the globe. So give us a little background on you. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And yeah, for background. So what really brought me into this path of working with women in both mental health and personal development is the struggles that I went through. You know, I was in high school and it was a hard time. You know, I really struggled with my mental health. I was in a really codependent relationship. Unfortunately, that relationship ended with his suicide attempt. And that really kind of sent me into a downward spiral. It was a long time for me to pull myself out of that. And as I was coming up, I kind of realized that we're all on this spectrum of mental health and personal development. You know, a lot of people think that it's two separate things, that personal development is for people that are really self-actualized and living these awesome lives, whereas mental health is for people who maybe have psychiatric diagnoses or who are really struggling, but it's just one big continuum of living your best life. And so as I was able to figure out some strategies for moving out of that place and into a place where I do love waking up every morning and I have so many wonderful aspects of my life, I saw so many other women struggling with that, especially women in their twenties and thirties. You know, they're just getting out into the world and making big decisions and starting to live their adult lives. And that can be so overwhelming. So seeing those women struggling and being able to be like, Hey, I can help because I've been there. You know, I know some strategies that really worked for me. That just brought me into this space where I love talking about it. I love speaking on stages. I love writing about it and just sharing as much of my knowledge as I can to help everyone design loves that they love. Excuse me, design lives that they love waking up to. No, I love it. And your energy is so engaging and infectious. And um, I love the positive message you're bringing to everyone. And let's be real, that that doesn't have an age limit. Mental health issues Mm -hmm. are across the board in every aspect of our lives. And the fact that we have challenges facing us that are so different than 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is a new world and every day we're being thrown um, a new obstacle, basically. So mm-hmm. if we aren't being true to ourselves, if we're not practicing some great self-care skills, you can definitely get off track and get sucked down some dark rabbit holes um, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. At what age did you discover that this was something you needed to work on for yourself and then became a passion? Yeah, I'd say eighth grade was about when I started realizing that I was struggling. You know, I couldn't have put a label on it like, oh, depression or anything like that. But I wasn't comfortable with my life. I wasn't comfortable with my body and my relationship with my parents wasn't that great. And it definitely got worse in high school as I got involved with that individual that I mentioned earlier. And it was really once I got to college and was out on my own and which is great. You know, it was, it was so good moving out and having that freedom, but it was also like, okay, this life is on me 
right? This is my responsibility now. And that's when I started working on myself. And that's when I saw the struggles of other people. I mean, I literally, I left high school and I looked back and so many of my friends were like, oh yeah, Annika's doing so much better. She no longer has this. And Rachel's, you know, went through this. And I was like, I didn't even know this. Why? And these are some of my best friends, right? Right. And so seeing those struggles and seeing how many women are struggling with them, I was like, yeah, I need to do something about this because I've been there and I know how much it sucks. Okay. I feel for you. Um, I... I don't want to say it's volunteer work, but I am an advisor <laughs> to my former sorority, um, less this year now than ever. And I apologize for that, but I love those girls so much. And the college experience is so, so different than when I was there. And we actually just had a conversation about a lot of this recently, um, because the demands, the pressure, the world that they're under, it's, it's already harder. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. already more challenging. There's a microscope on you like never before. And then the added social media aspect, your life is not always yours. And to figure out how to make it yours. I mean, we were, we were talking, or I was sharing a lot with them about expectations and not to be, you know, not to be surprised if what they were studying in college wasn't going to be their lifelong passion and that things happen in life that take you off your track and you have to be able to pivot and you have to be able to make those moves as long as you're following the path that makes you feel good. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting because, you know, they're so in it right now and they're so focused on what they want. They can't see that. But I asked them that question. When did you start feeling insecure? When did you start feeling um, that you weren't, that maybe this, was this major what your parents wanted? You know, like, were Mm -hmm. they living their life? And when did Mm -hmm. they start feeling like they had to be living a life because of what was expected? Mm -hmm. And it was all across the board in ages, but some very young like you. And it's heartbreaking to know that they've been struggling with some of these feelings for so long. And that it isn't always discussed. I mean, now more than ever, I will say that generation is much more open to sharing their feelings and I am so appreciative of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's still a stigma and there's still a way that we have to tackle, again, how to take care of ourselves and how to know Mm -hmm. when we need help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just touching on what you said about the expectations piece too, that starts at such a young age. You know, when you're a kid and you see your older cousins or you see people on TV, maybe one of them becomes a teacher and your parents are like, oh man, Sarah, you know, teachers really don't make that much money. And little Sarah's like, hmm, I'm going to remember that. And then they see a doctor and they're like, that's a successful person. And little Sarah's like, yeah, they are. And then Sarah grows up and Sarah goes to college and she wants to be a teacher. But all she knows is that teachers don't make money and teachers aren't successful. Right. So these expectations are ingrained in us when in reality, teachers are required to have doctors and doctors are required to have teachers. You know, it goes both ways. (laughs) So breaking down some of those standards of, well, this is what success looks like, or this is what financial freedom looks like. This is the only path that needs to be done. You know, when kids are five, six, seven, not when they get to college and are faced with those decisions right now. Correct. And that that's part of my mission is really teaching about self-education and just knowing that you have to keep growing and learning and that your tastes will change. Your ideas will change. I was super focused on a major and a world that I wanted. Um, and it got pulled out from under me. Like if my mom hadn't gotten sick, I would have never stopped doing that career. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had to pivot. I had to figure out 
what am I going to do next? Like, I'm, I'm only trained to do one thing. I have one passion. Like, I didn't even let myself have other interests. I was so focused. So, yeah, it, it's, it's about, you know, maybe not giving titles to kids about business, but finding their passions and helping them excel because we could all use a couple more Oprahs in our life, right? We, we, need, <laughs> we need people who want to give and want to serve and have abilities and, you know, maybe the first job isn't the one that brings in all the money, but it's not supposed to, um, you know, mm. it's something you have to work for, but it's mm. amazing if you're actually doing something you love, how the money does come. Absolutely. And I love a quote that I cannot remember who said it, but it goes something along the lines of the world doesn't need more doctors and lawyers. They need more people who are set on fire with their passions because those are the people that are going to change the world. And I resonate with that so much, especially with how many different opportunities there are for career and volunteer involvement and things like that nowadays. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't want to give teachers a bad rap and I don't want to give doctors a bad rap. We do need them. Yeah. But our education system is broken. And then there are, there are things that we need to be teaching and, you know, we need to be going back to some of those vocational and trade ideas as well. We need to have students coming out of high school, knowing that they can do something if higher education isn't a calling for them and that they can still be productive and successful and happy and find joy in what they're doing. If we give them some vocational and technical skills or mm-hmm. what I'm working on now with all the self-education, when you work with a mentor who does something you're interested in, they can mm-hmm. teach it to you and you can learn it faster and you can make more money quicker. I mean, it's like, stop just the one path world of educating children. Let's, let's open this up and give them an opportunity to really flourish. Absolutely. And I really resonate with that as well, because I have always been very academically inclined. Grades have been very easy for me. My parents, my dad has two bachelor's degrees in aerospace engineering and computer science. My mom went to Yale. So you probably understand the the family that I came from. And I love my parents. They're both incredibly intelligent people. But I looked at myself based on my intelligence. And I thought that I had to go to the best schools. I had to get this really prestigious career. I had to do all of these things in order to live up to my capabilities. And that's a ton of pressure. And I actually, yes, it is. I actually left. So my first year of college, I went to the University of Edinburgh's vet school, which is in Scotland. And it's one of the best vet schools in the world. Oh my God, my friends don't, my college roommate's daughter graduated from there. That is the only other time for that school. Yes, which I am like, oh my my God, (laughs) Kathy, if you're listening. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, anyway, That's not to so hate cool. on that school, but I left after the first That's year. That's okay. It's, just, um, it's a beautiful school. I'm sorry. That oh, is and gorgeous. Wanting to be a vet is awesome. So thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, it was great, but I left after the first year because it wasn't the right fit for me. And I went to become an EMT, an emergency medical technician, which is a vocational career. And that was a huge brain shift for me from going to this very prestigious institution with a very low acceptance rate of being all about grades and test scores to being like, Mm, I'm going to go to something that is traditionally not looked upon as a very intellectual career, which is very incorrect, by the way. You need to be smart to be in medicine, but there is that stigma of those vocational careers not being as intellectual. So I definitely resonate with what you're saying on that. So I'm working hard on that right now with a couple of guys you might have heard of, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. And Mm. uh, yeah, (laughs) may have heard of them. And we're about to launch um, the 2.0 version of their newest course it's a program just about self-education and it is phenomenal and I'm super excited about it. But 
it goes right in line with this. It's like, we all have these abilities. We all have these superpowers. And if we are not letting them shine, we're Mm -hmm. actually hurting people. Like, it's like, you have so much to give and your passion for what you're doing, like that is your superpower. This is your Mm -hmm. calling, the way that you're going to care for people and help people. This is what makes you special. And if you had stayed an EMT or as a vet, you probably would have done very well, but Mm -hmm. you would have not had the same passion. And the passion is what drives you. The passion was to get you up every morning because some days are hard. Not every day Mm -hmm. is easy. It's work. It's still work. But if you have that passion for it, do you find the time for it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it ties right in with your why as well. I mean, if it's something that you're doing for the money or doing for the prestige or doing for the opinions of others, it's going to be really hard to get yourself out of bed on those bad days. When you're working for something that you're passionate about and you have this strong emotional why connected to it, it's easier to say, okay, just send one email, just get one thing done today and then go eat some chocolate and then it's okay. You know, you have that motivation to pull on when things are really rough because you have that passion and that why. Absolutely. We were just talking about the importance of having a morning routine and what it can mean for the success of your day. And, you know, the three things you want to tackle that day and already knowing it before you jump out of bed and just having that plan before you get distracted by that I mean, I love my phone, but it is horrible in the sense of distraction. It's horrible in the sense of making you reactive. And we have to really focus on, again, following through on our best, I'm going to call them income producing activities, but we need to accomplish those, those tasks first. It's kind of like put your oxygen mask on first before helping others. Before helping others. Yeah. If, If you do that, then the rest of your day is all icing. Everything else you do is good. That email Mm -hmm. can wait. That voicemail can wait. All of that can wait. So get your stuff done first. (laughs) Sorry, we were just talking about the importance of like (laughs) setting yourself up for success during the day and not being reactive to everything that's coming at you because of the way our society is today. It's, it's endless. There is a distraction Mm -hmm. everywhere you go, (laughs) everywhere you turn. Absolutely. And it's, it's such an interesting thing. It's such a small thing, but using your phone as an alarm clock has been kind of a struggle for me because I have my phone plugged into a charger that comes under my bed. So I, my phone is the first thing that I touch in the morning a lot of times. And it can be so easy to like, I'm just going to check Facebook. I'm just going to check email really quickly. And then an hour later, you're in bed down some rabbit hole of cat memes. And it's like, where did this hour go? You know, it's horrible, interesting, interesting, a little, little switch, but it's like, okay, turn off the alarm, put the phone back away and then pull it back out. You know, when you have the time or whatever, you know, when it's time for that activity, but that's, that was something I was thinking about too. I was like, I can get sucked in that just from having it as my alarm clock. Everyone can. So two things, go buy the old school (laughs) clock. No, no, no. I mean, honestly, for people who really can't put the phone down, then do yourself a favor, put your charger and the phone in the bathroom and don't have it even in your room and get an old school clock and use that for your alarm. Or you set the alarm. It means you have to get up out of bed to go to the bathroom to pick it up and actually right there, turn the alarm off, brush your teeth with the opposite hand. I just taught this design. It was really cool. And look at this yourself in the mirror and give yourself three like gratitude compliments. Like what are you grateful for? What, what do you recognize as your beauty and say it to yourself? But if you're brushing your teeth with that opposite hand, you're awake. <laughs> There's no hitting the snooze. There's no going back to bed. You're up and you're ready to take action for the day. 
So yeah, that's a really cool one too. But yeah, that phone, I love that. that phone, it's gotta be, it's gotta become a reward system. It, it, it cannot be your priority. It's gotta be, you earned the time to go do or see or watch, but it's, it's such a time suck. It can. Yeah. I mean, use it as a tool as well. I do a lot on my phone oh, and it's great I because, you know, can't I'll be without it. Yeah. I mean, standing in line at Starbucks and it's like, okay, I can reply to this email really quickly and I can get that done then, you know, so it can be used as such a tool, but it is so easy to just open Facebook and you start scrolling and yeah. But if you start off your day with it being that way, then that's what, that's, what's going to hurt your opportunity and chances for actually hitting those marks that you want to do for the day. So again, later, later, (laughs) later, listen, if, if it's not on my calendar on my phone, it doesn't exist. So I, I live by, like, I have to, because I'm in different time zones. I'm different yes. places. I don't know. If it's on my phone, then I know it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse, I want you to talk us, um, tell us a little bit more about the book that's coming out that yes. you wrote, which congratulations on writing your first you. book. That is quite an obstacle you overcame. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm super excited about that. So that comes out on May 5th, and I will be looking forward to that day every day until then. But what it really is, is a guide of of things I wish I knew when I was struggling with my mental health. Great. It talks about nine natural and integrative therapies, things like ecotherapy, equine-assisted therapy, craniosacral therapy, a lot of things that a lot of people don't know even exist. Yep. Now, when I was struggling with my mental health, I went to one day of talk therapy and literally, I kid you not, ran out of the building because I was so uncomfortable and I never went back. That's probably my biggest regret in my healing journey was that I didn't have the support of a professional because I was so uncomfortable with talk therapy. Now, talk therapy is great. You know, it's, it's backed by so much research and um, anecdotal experience and things like that. It's so, so good. But if people are too uncomfortable to even go in the first place, then it's completely useless. Absolutely. So this book really talks about ways that are more somatic, more mind-body, there's more movement, maybe you're outside, maybe you're with animals, just different things uh, that you can use to release your trauma and really support your mental health. So I'm so excited for this to come out and just help so many people that wouldn't be able or be comfortable to get help otherwise. Well, that is amazing. And I'm so, so happy for you. So big congrats in advance for the launch. Thank you. Um, it's it's a lot of work to uh, write your own book and to launch it. So um, sending you lots and lots of love with that. That's going to be really Thank exciting. You. We'll make sure that everyone um, has the information on how to get it. Is there a pre-order yes. set up? Possibly. There's not pre-order available yet. Um, I'm working on that right now, but uh, all your listeners can go and read the first three chapters for free right now at jessiebuyerinternational.com forward slash chapters. So you can download that and give it a little bit teaser of where the book's going to go from there. Perfect. That is awesome. Um, I'm so so proud of you. That's so great. Um, And and (laughs) your message is so important. And I will tell you, I don't know if you've heard of it yet. I've been doing something called Emotion Code. The Emotion Code. It's pretty new. I don't know much about it. It's pretty new, but it works on, um, you do it with a practitioner and it works on breaking down um, the heart walls that you have, which is basically all those limiting beliefs. But sometimes they're not even yours. They could be your family, generations before. It's basically everything that was imprinted in you when you were born Mm -hmm. and the stuff we carry around with us. But it's an amazing tool at overcoming obstacles and overcoming fears and overcoming things that you thought you had left behind. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's really cool. So I recommend you check that out next. Yeah, because um, it, it actually, it blends in nicely with what you're doing and just giving people mm-hmm. again, 
another option of things to use, um, techniques to help them get in touch with what they need to work on. Um, Because again, you cross so many lines when we're talking about mental health. There's not just one right, one wrong. Um, This is about helping everyone find the path that works for them. So it's genius. It's genius. Um, (laughs) Jesse, I know you're in Portland. Is there um, any... I know you said love to be a speaker as well. Is there anything coming up that we should be aware of in your speaking world? Or yes. Anyone- so there's a couple things coming up on the calendar. One of which in Portland is the um, Women's Achievement Collective Outstanding Women in Community Awards. I'm one of the keynote speakers there. And that's on June 6th. Awesome. So if anyone is in town, come say hi. I would love to see you. It sounds like an awesome event. I actually haven't been before, but I'm really excited to be able to speak there. And then I have some plans in the works, but not totally finalized for the rest of the time until the book launch. So a couple colleges I'm looking at, a couple corporations I might have the opportunity to speak at, but that's not totally finalized. So I don't want to speak preemptively there. No, I love it. I love it. So, you know, obviously we talk about confidence here. Um, You Mm -hmm. shared your story about how you had your own personal issues that you needed to overcome and even a relationship that helped hold you back. How and why, since, since as, you, as you mentioned, that our theory of what normal mental health practice wasn't, didn't quite gel for you, what gave you the confidence yeah. to try other ways of helping yourself? It was really that I was so sick and tired of feeling the way that I was feeling. And honestly, I didn't go back to therapy for three or four years after that. So it was a long time. And some of these therapies that are in the book are things that I didn't know existed either. You know, I have tried most of them. I've not tried all of them, but I've had the opportunity to speak to so many wonderful professionals in those respective therapies and get their insight and read research and all of these wonderful things. But it was really just about being so sick and tired of feeling that way and having these big dreams, but having them conflict with kind of the pit that I was sitting in. It was like, yes, I think I can do these things. And these would be so lovely to have and to achieve and to help, but I'm here and I can't do that while I'm here. And that was like, all right, get your butt out of the pit. We're going to start working on this, that we can achieve those dreams because I know that they're so aligned with me, right? I did that internal work and it was just the process of finding that next step of motivation to get the help I needed to get out of the hole I was in. I love it. So to sum that up, you were sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, I love it. I, I am not making light of any of it. I just, it's, it's, that's usually a great prompt for people to get out of their own way. Yes. Being absolutely. sick and tired and of being sick and tired. If that is what you're feeling, it's time to put your hand up and ask for some help. Absolutely. And, and don't let anyone tell you when you're ready either. Yep. Because I knew from a very cognitive perspective, like, okay, I wasn't eating for two days. That's not a good thing. And I felt this way. That's not a good thing, but that wasn't enough for me to do something about it. You know, I had people saying, Jesse, you need help. And Jesse, you need to do this. And I didn't even want to hear it. No, It wasn't until I hit my rock bottom that I was like, all right, now we need to do something about it. So don't let people tell you when you're ready. That's something you have to decide yourself. Absolutely. But good to know you had people around you who were looking out for you and who were caring um, because that's, again can be hard for some people. They feel isolated or alone. So Mm -hmm. if there is somebody near you who's reaching out, who does care and who's, who's saying that they're concerned, know that that's out of love as well. It's not, it's not finger pointing or trying to make you feel worse. It's, it's somebody who cares about you and wants to see you care about yourself. Absolutely. And there's actually some uh, two chapters in my book that talk about how other people can help you and how to help other people who are struggling with their mental health. it's done in a really safe and successful way that's not going to damage the relationship or cause any more problems. So that's been 
really powerful for some pre-readers and people who are interested in this topic. So I'm, I'm excited for everyone to read those chapters as well. Oh no, Jesse, that that's really, really important because there's many of us who are in a caregiver space and women in particular, we feel as caregivers just nate and out of nature. It's funny. It's like, I was naturally born to be a caregiver, but <laughs> it's, it's also just who we tend to be and in when our group of friends and in our relationships and, you know, oftentimes it truly is from the heart when you want to help somebody, when you see them feeling or injured or, you know, in pain, you always want to mm-hmm. like put your hand up and be like, how can I help? So that, I'm, I love that you have a chapter that, that teaches people how to receive and to give because mm-hmm. that's such a huge part of being a woman and being in healthy relationships is you want to know boundaries and again, how, how you can be a service. So I'm really, I'm excited to read your book. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited for everyone to read it too and hopefully help some people who are in a tough spot. Fabulous. Well, on a lighter note, we're going to wrap up the episode (laughs) with my favorite question. And um, (laughs) I'm just trying to like lighten up the mood here. (laughs) We just talked about something very serious, very important, but very serious. Um, Yes, I can hear that. So Jesse, um, if they were to make the story of your life today, which actor would be portraying you or actress? Oh God. (laughs) When you started this question, I was like, I know where this is going and I already (laughs) don't have an answer for this. Oh man. I'm going to say Scarlett Johansson. Awesome. Because she has played, I mean, I think she's a total badass, but she has played roles that are both very powerful, strong women, and also very emotional, not struggling, but kind of struggling, you know, getting that emotional side, getting that deeper perspective, as well as that really strong front. And I would like to think that I've been able to be both in my life. So I think that would be awesome if she would play. No, I think that's great. And if you haven't yet watched Marriage Story, I think it's on Netflix. Oh, I know. That's on my list. That's okay. like third on my list she's, to watch. <laughs> she's phenomenal. So is Adam Driver. But looking at you right now, because by the way, guys, if you don't know... Oh my gosh. Speaking of that, we have to take a picture. Um, <laughs> we are, we are zooming with each other while we chat. Um, and actually I think you're spot on. I think Scarlett would actually be the perfect person to portray you. So well done with that answer. Well done. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That was very off the cuff. I am not into like pop culture things. So I was like, Oh God, okay. Sorry. No, but it's, it's, it's funny because, but we all, we all have that person and that we resonate with. And like you said, you pulled up some great, great, ideas about Scarlett. And I think, I think you're right. I think that's spot on for you. And, um, once you see marriage story, you're going to be like, Oh yeah, that was the right answer for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go watch that. If only just to confirm that I gave the right answer. (laughs) Absolutely. For sure. Um, no, you did. And actually it's really, really good and definitely emotional. And there's a therapist Mm -hmm. in there. It's all, it's going to tie really well into your book. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. So Jesse, um, thank you so much for being here today. Um, How can our listeners reach you? I know you said your web page very quickly, but tell us again how we can best find you. Yes. So my website is Jesse Buyer International. That's Jesse with an I and Buyer with a B-E, not a B-U, dot com. And then I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Jesse Buyer International as well. So if you go to my Facebook and Instagram, I do a daily video that's a one minute life lesson. So something short and sweet that you can put into your life right away. So give those a give those a check. And uh, yeah, I'd love to connect with you on Facebook and Insta. Yay. I love it. Thank you so much. It was wonderful having you here today. Much appreciated. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did with Jesse. Please make sure to share your takeaways with us on Insta so that you know that I know that you know you're listening to The Confidence Crown.